0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, please be seated. The other day I was talking on the phone, making plans with a parishioner to meet for coffee, and we agreed that we would meet at the coffee shop restaurant Panquittidian. And just as I thought our our plans were set, and before we hung up the phone, my friend added, okay, see you on 2nd Avenue. I quickly called him back, and I said, 2nd Avenue, I thought we were meeting on Lexington. We both looked up online the various addresses that we were thinking, and we burst out laughing, realizing that we had a whole lot of options, we could meet on Lexington, we could meet on 1st, we could meet on 5th, we could meet at any of the many locations of that restaurant all over New York City. Pan Quotidian is, of course, French for daily bread. And the irony for me uh, was not lost that I encounter daily bread, Pan Quotidian. I walk by Pan Quotidian almost every day, and I pass right by. It's not just true for my walking by the restaurant chain. It's even truer for my sense of bypassing daily bread. (laughs) That daily bread provided by God in other ways is something that I don't always notice and for which I'm not always grateful. And yet it's all around me. We pray for daily bread. Whenever we say the words of the Lord's Prayer, the our Father, on this Sunday in particular, we join Christians around the world for Corpus Christi, a day for particular uh, reverence and meditation around this sacrament of the Lord's Supper, the sacrament of the Last Supper, Holy Communion, the Eucharist, by whatever name we know it. We're invited by the church to come together and explore this mystery, this this sacrament, and to wonder together what it means for us to make that prayer for daily bread, for a bread that sustains, that meets our needs, not only for today, but also for tomorrow and for the next day and the next and the next. Our first scripture reading today from the Old Testament recalls that time when the Israelites, the people of Israel, had been wandering in the wilderness. And they got to that point that most of us get, where they were tired and irritable, and they wondered where God really was. But God fed them. They had prayed that God would answer their prayers, and God did, just not in the way they were expecting. God sends manna. In the words of the psalmist, God rained down manna upon them to eat and gave them grain from heaven, so mortals ate the bread of angels. He provided for them food enough. If you remember these strange old Hebrew stories, manna was a strange substance. It came down from the heavens, sort of like dew. Biblical scholars of of each generation have tried their best to figure out what exactly was manna. Those who felt like they needed to explain everything decided that manna must have been some particular kind of fungus that grew and yet could be eaten a little like the, the fungus that many people eat out of Mexico, the corn fungus that's good for us. Maybe it was like that. Or maybe it's the simpler explanation, and it was just a miracle. (laughs) We don't know. But manna was interesting. It was daily manna. It had to be consumed that day, or it would spoil. If it was left out, it would become wormy. If it was left in the sun, it would melt. And so it's a kind of spiritual food, but it's more than food because it it meant that it it had to be consumed with faith, with faith that there would be more manna, that God would would provide the next day and the next and the next. It took faith to to rely upon the Lord, to, to lead them through the wilderness. It took faith for them to go to sleep each night, trusting that they would be protected and that there would be manna enough. Perhaps it's from that old ancient story that the prayer began to be formed that would eventually lead us and all those of faith to pray for daily manna, to pray for daily bread. Biblical scholars love to point out that in the Greek words that are used in the Lord's Prayer, there's a sense of not only praying for daily bread, the bread today, but also praying for the bread for tomorrow. There's a suggestion in the tense of a forward leaning, of movement toward tomorrow, of promise, of hope, of faith. The former Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams, reflects on the Lord's Prayer in a lovely meditation you can find online if you just Google Rowan Williams' meditation on the Lord's Prayer. He writes beautifully about every phrase of the Lord's Prayer, but especially about this. Rowan Williams writes, rivers of, re- of ink have been spilt over the exact meaning of that phrase, give us this day our daily bread. Because the word that's used in the Greek is a very, very strange one that you hardly find anywhere else in Scripture. William says it probably means daily, it probably means the stuff we need to survive, but some people in the early church understood it to mean also the bread we want for tomorrow, or even the bread of tomorrow. And so they are praying, give us, tomorrow, give us today's, give us today tomorrow's bread, give us tomorrow's bread today. And they have thought that what might mean by give us a taste of the bread that we shall eat is that we should have a taste of the bread we shall eat in the kingdom of God. Williams suggests give us a foretaste of that great banquet and celebration where the universe is drawn together by Christ in the presence of God the Father. If you were here early enough you heard uh, Cleve playing the Celestial Banquet That those those tones of Messiaen that that paint a picture of a table with plenty for everyone Williams concludes that connects for a lot of Christians with holy communion of course because holy communion is at one level bread for today it's very much our daily bread it's the food we need to keep going but it's also a foretaste of the bread of heaven, a foretaste of enjoying the presence of Jesus in heaven at his table, at his banquet, as the Gospels put it. And so what we do today connects us to what will be done tomorrow, to what was done in days before us in heaven. In today's gospel, we hear the words of Jesus as he says, The one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate that manna in the wilderness, and they died eventually. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, the one that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, they will live forever. By taking into ourselves the body of Christ, we become one with Jesus and the Father through the Holy Spirit. And so communion is not just something we do. Communion is something that happens to us. Communion overtakes us. It's something we participate in that's, that's larger than ourselves. Communion is God's moving toward us and inviting us closer Communion is also our reaching out toward others and even reaching beyond the church into the world. Communion, of course, happens way beyond this altar or any altar. Communion happens beyond all place and time. We do it here, of course, as we invite all those who would put their faith and love in Christ to come closer We also do it at many other places. We do it whenever and wherever we invite others to experience the Christ who offers himself and receives all who will come. Through most of the year that happens on Tuesdays in St. Christopher's House with our senior lunch as volunteers and parishioners um, team up with health advocates for older people and search and care and friends, and strangers, and neighbors, and visitors, and there's a lunch. People are made more. It's daily bread, or lasagna, or beef stew, or whatever it is, but it's also a bread that goes beyond those who are in the room, in the space, it goes beyond to the future. It makes us all a little bit more than we were when we entered that room. The same thing happens on Saturday nights at 515. Holy Trinity, Trinity Neighborhood Center offers a meal for the community. It's free. Anyone can come. And we have a great cast of volunteers who cycle through each week. Some of those are here today, and, and then others have very little to do with what we do on Sunday mornings. One team is headed by parishioners, but most of those who show up are a part of a dog walker's club that show up more religiously at Carl Schurz Park than in this space. That's fine. There's a particular Saturday a month that's a young, a young adult group of Muslims. They love serving and helping, and they make their mark. All of us are offering some vision of that meal that goes beyond ourselves, that transcends us, that is of all time and space. We offer bread for tomorrow in the simplicity of our hospitality, allowing strangers and neighbors alike to rest in our garden and perhaps begin to apprehend something of God's beauty of holiness But whether we offer literal food or spiritual food, the food of friendship, support, encouragement, or prayer, when we move forward with invitation, we realize it's not our invitation. It's the one who lives in us, who asks, taste and see that the Lord is good. Happy are those who trust in him. Sometimes our prayers are for the bread of tomorrow, our prayers are for those things less tangible than physical food and drink. Sometimes we hunger and thirst for those other things like love or companionship or or health or work or peace. All of these can be something for which we have a taste and a longing and yet we can't quite see. That was a hope and a prayer lived out by the ancient people of faith as they prayed for bread that would feed their bodies, but also for bread that would feed their souls and the souls of those who came after them. The friends and followers of Jesus did the same thing as they understood his presence, feeding them, sustaining them, But after the crucifixion and resurrection and ascension, they understood his presence in a new way through the coming of the Holy Spirit, again sustaining and nurturing and helping and feeding. And so the whole Trinity fills us with confidence and hope that daily bread comes whenever and wherever we need it. Bread for today is a gift. We give thanks for it. Bread for tomorrow is a promise. And we are called to live in hope and faith for everything that tomorrow will bring. The Holy Eucharist allows us to practice receiving God, taking God into ourselves, noticing God, hearing God, tasting God, seeing God so that we move out of ourselves into a hungry world. Jesus promises, those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. May we, too, grow in the faith and love of Christ, especially as we know him in the Holy Sacrament. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.